Welcome to Headliners, the podcast. This is the paper review that won't put you to sleep. You can catch us live every night from 11 on GB News with a panel of top-notch comedians going through the biggest stories hitting the next day's papers. But don't worry, if you miss it, you can catch up here after every show. So let's do it. Welcome to Headliners. I'm Josh Howie, and I've got two funny and insightful mates with me to go through tomorrow's newspapers. Hello, Louis Schaefer and Nick Dixon. Yay! The big boys are in the house. Right, let's take a look at tomorrow's newspapers before we get straight into it. First of all, we're going to kick off with the Daily Mail. They have led with uh, NHS blows one million on woke groups for staff. Well, we knew that. I just didn't know it was one million. Wow. Uh, Sunday, uh, well, they've got the Daily Telegraph. Avoid A&E, says NHS, as winter crisis bites early. The Guardian leads with NHS cannot be put on a pedestal. Trust. Do we trust trust? Let's see. Saturday's Mirror has Fergie's case for the defence. Former boss says Giggs never lost temper as X names six of Star's <laughs> alleged lovers. Wow, that's quite a detailed uh, phone book you had on him. Now we've got the Times. Trust plans are holiday from reality, says Go. Well, he's sticking with who he's back then. Fair enough. And Saturday's Express has migrant crisis to last at least five more years. I don't know where they're getting five more years. Probably going to go on forever. And finally, we've got uh, Saturday Sun uh, has exclusive Tomkinson court rap telecop nicked for GBH. Uh, actually, wait a minute. One more. The Daily Star. Fergie time. He had a lot of girlfriends and lady friends and a fantastic, wonderful temperament. What a great friend he is. GB News making the news again with Saturday's Mirror reporting on Sunak's super cool intro video, Nick. Yes, millionaire Rishi Sunak billed himself as underdog in cringeworthy video at Tory Hustings. That's in the mirror. And they basically copied my tweet. I got there first. I said, Rishi just had a super cringe intro about him being the underdog, even though he was the initial favourite and frontrunner. You're not the underdog, bro. You're just losing. And I, I can't really improve upon what I said there because the one thing I missed out is that he's twice as rich as the Queen. But he had, he was, he had this ridiculous intro video of like a Ray Winston sort of voice going, Britain loves an underdog. Yeah. Um, are we going to play it? We are. Well, let's play I, it. Somehow we have access to this video from GB. Oh, nice. They kindly lent it. it to us. Say, beware the underdog, because an underdog has got nothing to lose. An underdog fights for every inch. They work harder, stay longer, think smarter. Underdogs don't give up. They'll do the difficult things, and they never, ever get complacent. So, right, I'm off if you like. Sit back and dismiss them. But if there's one thing I know to be true, it's that Britain loves an underdog. No more. No more. Please, <laughs> yeah, I beg you. The only time Rishi would hear someone with that accent is if it was his butler. Let's be very real. And there's a good bit. The only yeah. good bit is at the end where he has a bazooka, but it yeah. kind of looks like he's Michael Douglas in Falling Down. He's just absolutely lost it and he's got yeah. the bazooka. But yeah, it, to Trust, me... Trust, this yeah. is for you. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. To me, it just shows 
He's been he's sort of lost his identity, hasn't he, recently on this campaign. Mm. He he was he's like, I'm the sensible one, I'm low, I'm sort of you know, low spending. Mm. And he's got this Blairite vibe. But then he because he's losing, he's tried to change and go like anti-woke, like I those stupid lefties who are woke. And now he's gone full Ray Winston. But I think it's not him. I think it damages him in the long run. Yeah, I mean Lewis. Yeah. What do you think? Can he catch up? No, he can't catch up. When Are you, you sure? do something like that, you know who he reminds me of? <laughs> Michael Dukakis, if you remember, riding around on a tank in 1980. This is no one remembers. Well, yeah, yeah, but of course, it's, it's for American it, politics. Yeah, yeah, yeah 80s American politics. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, you know what? Niche. It works both ways. I mean, didn't, didn't what's his name, steal from Michael Kinnock? Biden steal Biden, from... Neil Kinnock. Neil Kinnock, yeah. right. Neil, whatever, one of the... Michael, my one. Right? And he stole it. And, and, and this guy is stealing. He was, I don't know if you remember Michael Dukakis, but uh, he was a total. We all do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he was a loser. I mean, not a loser. Just Reagan was an amazing winner. I so, mean, there was a great, uh, there was another gaffe, wasn't there, where he said uh, something about, look, don't like do the underdog like Southampton. I'm hoping that we're going to beat yes. you like this weekend. And actually, then he's not playing Man United until yeah. the end of the month. Uh, yeah, he said, I'm going to be unpopular for saying his uh, starting by beating United this weekend. Man United play Liverpool on Monday, so we're all, it's a big game for us that we're all worried about. Yeah. So completely wrong. Yeah. He just cannot get it right, has he? Because he's not well, being himself. Be yourself, Rishi. You're but, a really rich, slick guy geez. who no one really trusts. Be that guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair enough. OK, Saturday's Times. And the, uh, it looks like all those Corbynites have been busy, Lewis. Well, I mean, it's, it's typical of these people. As the Times is saying that, uh, that uh, the, um, the guy who's head of the RMT union, mm. the, with the, Mick, the railroad Mick union, Lynch. he's, he's yeah. on stage, right? He, he's, he's, uh, he's saying that enough is enough, manifesto, that they have demand for a national minimum wage, a return to pre-April energy price caps, nationalization of energy companies. I mean, you'd think these people were socialists with the kind of things that they're, ask, that they're asking for. And they say, what they say is, we refuse to be poor. Mm, how's that working out for you, Nick? Yeah. Um, yeah, well, I've refused, but the world has yet to catch up. I mean, yeah. and that's the thing. I mean, a lot of the train drivers are quite well paid. I know the auxiliary workers are not as well paid, and it's also about them. I understand that. My problem is putting up wages causes this wage price uh, spiral, doesn't it? Mm. And this idea of the minimum wage raising to £15 an hour, that enough is enough are asking for. The problem with that is it's kind of been proved that all it does is stop uh, people employing people and then they just don't get employed at all. Or if the companies have to pay it, then they struggle to survive. So that's the problem with the minimum wage. And he says the working class are back. Is this really the working class? Some of them might be. Some of them are kind of, I suspect, a sort of metro-lib Labour types, but I hate to be pedantic. Zara Sultana on her 80k a year. Yeah, the working class. Yeah, she probably did that voice for Rishi on the underdog thing. But it's, um, yeah, I, so I'm a bit sceptical about, about some of it. It is true that wages have declined in general hmm. over, you know, about 12 years or whatever. And it's also true that we do have the problem of the Pareto distribution that ends up with the 1%. We always end up with the 1%. No one's figured out how to solve it. So there is that's some... That's not what the Pareto distribution is. That is what it, that is. What it's, it an is. 80, it's an 80... No, no, that's the, that's the Pareto principle, the original mathematical Pareto distribution that is an I'm economic gonna have to go with, I'm going to have to go on with Nick on this. Yeah, yeah. No, not because I know for a fact, the, just because I'm just you're talking about him over you. Because no, he sounded so authoritative. <laughs> they they right. adapted the Pareto principle to the Pareto, to, to, for that 80-20 thing as it applies. But right. the original Pareto distribution means an uneven okay, mathematical distribution. Okay, we've just lost 20,000 viewers um, there. Uh, uh, but, but Simon Evans is at home <laughs> loving it. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, that, so that's my problem. And my other problem with it is, I, I see their point, they want to get paid more, but they're saying it's, you know, it's for the workers, but it also immiserates the other workers, which is everyone else who has to you know, get the tube or get the train, and then their, their day's ruined, and it massively damages the economy. So that's my problem with it. Yeah, I mean, there are some of these things that seem great. Yeah, build 100,000 council homes. 
uh, reversing national insurance, and that's even what Liz Truss is saying anyway. But I wonder if there's a sort of self-satisfied smugness of like, look, we've got 400,000 people have signed up and whatever, and it's like, but is that enough to really make the change? They thought that, you know, that having Labour... Uh, membership at its highest, like half a million a few years ago, that, that meant that Labour was definitely going in and Corbyn was going all the way. It was like, no, that's still a very small portion right. of the country. Is it enough to actually win people over? You know what? You know what? I think you're ridiculous because, because this you. whole plan is complete garbage. To build a... And I know about council houses because in my borough they're building council housing and it's destroying communities. 100,000 council housing is not enough. Do you want Southwark Council, for example, to build housing when they can't even maintain the housing that they have and they're destroying housing so you're, as well? Okay. You're well, saying they're destroying communities but they're not yeah. building enough. Look, you know what? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm saying... I'm Hello, Lewis on Facebook. So while I get all day a message yeah. from you about Southwark Council, we're going to move on now to Saturday's Guardian. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to. I was enjoying that. I know, but I just don't want our viewers <laughs> to have the to last get, two viewers. Yeah, well, I have the ones we didn't lose with Pareto distribution are <laughs> going to go I, from Southwark Council. All day on Facebook <laughs> is Lewis's Southwark Council sort of diatribes and yeah. photos of his food. Josh, Josh, unfollow. Right. <laughs> I love it I'm, too I'm much. I am at, at war with Southwark. I know. Saturday's Guardian. And is there a reason why Liz Truss doesn't want people marking her homework, Nick? Uh, yes, Liz Truss accused of delaying human rights record report over criticism of Rwanda. So the accusation from The Guardian is that um, it's the most delayed review since the whole process was launched by Roman Cook 21 years ago. And they're saying that, you know, that, that, that she's trying to quash criticism of Rwanda by not releasing this now. And, it, you know, because that's the policy she's backed us. But it's also because, presumably, because she's leader and she doesn't want anything messing it up. Now, they say here maybe it's she's focused on the leadership race. Surely it's that she doesn't want anything bad coming out at all while she's trying to win. Or it could just be conjecture from The Guardian. There is always that chance. Do you think so? <laughs> well, yeah, they're looking for anything, aren't well, they, to, to cover proper No, so it sort of seems like she's doubled... I also heard she's kind of doubled down on the uh, Rwanda policy. you think that's a good idea for her, sort of appeal to the core voters? Well, I think it's, I think it's a brilliant idea, you know. If you're going to just deal with it, just ship it somewhere else. Ship the problem or out of the country. That's what you do with the kids, right? You know what? <laughs> I, think, I think they ship them themselves. Sorry, um, sorry about that. Was, that was a horrible thing to say. Sorry about that, mate. We were having such a good time <laughs> no, no, until you said that. I take, let me rewind I, back. I, I'm sorry, I don't want to start. No, I, find I this, didn't listen. I don't, think she's, I don't think she's mentioning it because she's got an election campaign coming up and it's best not thinking about coming it. Coming up. You, coming, what, in, she's in it. <laughs> Another she's one. A, she's got an election coming up. Uh, don't be so Don't be so. I'm pathetic. sorry, you're right. That was my fault. There's lots of bickering here. This show was so good up until up until what he said. Oh, it was oh terrible. My God. I didn't listen to it. It was so good, it. and now I just <laughs> I've made you cry, and I feel very bad about it. I feel very guilty. I'm sorry. Saturday's independent. Let's finish this section and bring it back <laughs> back up to that peak. And maybe it's time for all those MPs to come home, Lewis. Yeah, you know what it is. It's like they they what they want to do is they want to have they want to get back into Parliament. These people barely work as it is, mm. and they want to get back to work to give out more money. That's what it is. It's to raise the cap of this to give them more money for that. And that's mm. what this is all about. This is what Labour is totally behind, and and this is what. The Conservatives are also trying to promote is spending more money, which is what caused inflation in the, pl in the now, first place. Nick, do you agree with anything in Labour's plan uh, before the Tories steal it? <laughs> oh, how, how satirical of you. felt like a loaded question, that, Josh, so I refuse to answer it. But I will say that this, this, I will say this is Thagam De Debonair, which is an amazing name. Yeah. She actually changed the surname. It's brilliant. Mm. Now, she said that... Uh, she's, her claim is that, you know, the Tories need to get back and sort this. And she said the Prime Minister is perfectly capable of opening his email... With Boris, you actually question that, don't you? Like, is he actually capable? Does he have someone that can do that for him? But, yeah, he, he, can Boris open his emails? We're not sure. But 
you know, Rishi's criticised this price cap thing as a, a blunt instrument because he says it, it, you end up giving money to people who don't actually need it. So you, you want to do it more subtly and things through tax and all that. So I understand that. It, it's basically another chance for Labour to hammer Tories for their absence, this zombie government thing. Go Labour! Yeah, because they're... No, I understand, because the Tories are not there. It, it, yeah. it, they're, being, they're making hay while the sun shines on Boris also, on one of his holidays. Also, Starmer had his holiday. He got his tan. He came back. He's like, you know what, everyone else, you should all come back from holiday. Jeez, yeah, yeah, whereas Boris is having early. a second holiday. Yeah. It's just know, a, Boris's life is going to be just endless holidays from yeah, now on. Yeah, exactly. You know what, we're going to squeeze one more story in onto okay. Saturday's Express. And is this how all of your parties end, Nick, with a drug test? <laughs> <laughs> yes. You know me so well, Just Finland's PM takes drug tests after Party Hard Leader filmed on Wild Night Out. So you probably saw this. This was Sanna Marin, the Finnish Prime Minister, and she was out kind of partying away, and there was rumours that there was drugs involved because someone shouted about flour, which is what they call cocaine. She just seemed to be having a good time as well. To me, she seemed more like just on a typical night out having a good time. The question is, firstly, why get yourself on camera if you're the Prime Minister? She's on loads of videos going, hey, hey, you wouldn't do that, but OK, she's done that. The other thing is, yes, it's just a typical night out that anyone would have, but do you want that from your leaders? Do you want them sort of out there? I mean, Michael Gove was caught in a nightclub, which was a bit cringy as well. Mm. This was a bit even more cringy because she was in all kinds of... Well, she, she was dancing around in a kind of silly way. But the problem is, do you want that from your leader? I want politicians to be sort of, you know, oldish men who drink bourbon in the middle of the day, you know, and that's, that's all they do. You don't really want to see them out partying. I don't, anyway. Well, that's exactly why I think Starmer will make such a good PM. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> but you know what? It's funny that you, what you said, mm. it, you burn. called it a typical night out that anyone would have. Yes, in Britain yes. or America, you, oh, you could see anyone having that good a time, but you don't understand Finland. They have an incredible reputation for being doer, is that the word? Dower, doer, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of being completely grumpy. And in America, in the 1970s, they did a whole episode showing how miserable the, uh, you can look it up, 60 Minutes, Finland, mm. how miserable the Finnish people are. And that's why they thought she must be, she's having a good time, she must be on drugs. Well, the thing is <laughs> that she has agreed, she's now taken a drug test, which... I feel a bit uneasy about that. It feels like she's sort of given into intimidation. Yeah. Someone said it would be wise if you did it. And I feel that's not necessarily a good look for a prime minister. No, notice when Michael Gove was caught dancing in the nightclub, they didn't bother making him take a drug test because everyone knew the result. <laughs> also <laughs> with his interview that, on, the, on television yeah. the next morning. Calm down. <laughs> Is there an equivalent in the UK? I was thinking maybe forcing Boris to get like a paternity test. Yeah, well, that, almost everything Boris has done feels like the equivalent, doesn't it, to this? That's the thing. It's the kind of, I, Can you really complain about, I didn't like this, but then again, our prime minister has done worse, hasn't he? So. It's not an, I don't think it's an anti-woman thing. I think it's, I think basically she was pro-COVID testing, lockdown, everything. Mm. And I think that there's a lot of negativity towards, this is what I'm guessing. Well, it's the, well also the hypocrisy from the earlier incident with her in the nightclub and yeah. being yeah. without a phone. There is something cringe about hip young leaders out partying who are locking you down. It's a bit of Jacinda Ardern as well. Well, I'm just wondering, I mean, I sort of hesitate to say it, but she seems, she looks like a very beautiful woman. And I wonder how much <laughs> that is playing into her being put on the, all of these covers. You know, if it was like some yeah. sort of, if it was like some 35-year-old like Boris Lick guy who looked like me, I don't think somehow I, that I'd be making it onto the cover. I could have, if I'd have put a bet on, I'd have sworn the misogyny tonight was going to come from me or Lewis, but it's come from Josh. <laughs> okay, no well, one saw it coming. She's okay. just a pin-up model, yeah. she, is what Which you're Which is saying. why she was elected. Is that what you're saying? Let, let me, let, <laughs> fine. Let me use this interval to self-reflect and... Uh, <laughs> Welcome back to Headliners. I'm Josh Howie, and these two free thinkers are Lewis Schaefer <laughs> and Nick Dixon. Let's crack on.
Yeah. Saturday's Daily Mail brings us a story of a toxic influencer being banned. Don't worry, Nick's still on social media. Hey, see what <laughs> nice. I did there. Why do you yeah. explain more, mate? Yeah, so controversial British ex-Big Brother influencer Andrew Tate is banned from Facebook and Instagram for violating policies. So if you don't know Andrew Tate, he's a former world champion kickboxer. Now he's a very popular guy on social media. He has a lot of opinions. He's quite funny. 11 billion views. Yeah, it's incredible. He's blowing up. I've been following him for years, but he's suddenly blowing up. And he's in trouble because... He's a bit anti-PC. He says funny things. There's irony. There's context. And this is a classic case of the mainstream media mm. encountering internet culture. It happened to Carl Benjamin a few years ago. Internet culture is edgy and funny and controversial. The mainstream media gets hold of it and they say, oh, we don't like this guy. But Tate's very popular online. He's, he's doing Twitch streams with young people who are very popular. Yeah, on, on other misogynists. And... He, well, he was on Tom Segura's show, mainstream US comic, mm. who started off by mocking him, but then eventually was one round, had him on his show. And he's very funny. He's, his dad was a, a chess champion. He's a very interesting guy. And, you know, the media, of course, is trying to stitch him up and call him misogynist. The one, the one criticism I've heard of him that maybe has something to it is that he maybe exploits young men because he has these online courses and, and they buy them and maybe they're hoping to get his lifestyle because he drives around in supercars mm. and like lives this crazy lifestyle. But he's actually a very funny guy with interesting opinions. But it seems from that article that the people he's also exploiting are young women. In terms of like, didn't he make a lot of money going out to Romania and this whole sex campaign? The webcam thing. Well, yeah, yeah he, he ran a webcam business, but is I'm that... I'm looking forward to hearing you defend this. <laughs> <laughs> Your best online buddy here. I know, it's kind of a weird one for me because morally you think, well, can you defend it? But in terms of exploitation, I don't think it was because they were making loads of money well, the off it. The police were involved. No, that was, that was later. That was another incident. <laughs> <laughs> Seems like a great guy, Nick. Yeah, there's a lot of incidents. That mainstream media. Um, Damn no, him. You've got to watch him. It's, it's, it's kind of like, well, it's like with Alex Jones. If you watch him over a number of years and you get a sense of the irony and, and what, where he's serious and where he's being funny. Uh, you have doubled down with Alex Jones yeah. here. Well, yeah, because it's the same sort of thing. It's me defending controversial people. But you shouldn't just trust what the mainstream media says about him. You should go and see, see what they're all about. He's an intelligent guy, he's very funny, and he says some on-the-edge things. Do you know what? That's the same thing that they always say. They always say, he was just kidding, he's just kidding. He wasn't kidding, he's not kidding. And that's the problem, he's not kidding. Mm. He's not kidding. And the, and the powers that be know he's not kidding. And he flew too close to the sun, and that's why they brought him down. And for you to defend him, just because he's kidding, it's a take... Let's, I'm not, I don't agree you, with... You said off-air you liked it. <laughs> I did, but I was basically... You said you weren't going to throw me under the bus. I'm basically disgusted by your, by your liking him a bit too much. Is that I, is that I personally think the guy's funny, but I, also Thank think, you. but I also think he obviously is saying things that cannot be said today that he means that have truth to them. Mm. So it's very easy, it's very easy for us to sit, to sit here and say, you know what, who... You know, he's just kidding, he's just kidding. But he's not just kidding. Well, obviously, we had uh, the whole Jerry Sadowitz thing happen in the last week yeah. up in Edinburgh. Now, he's a comedian saying the unsayable. Yeah. But that's the point. The context there couldn't be clearer. I think the problem with this online stuff is that is he a guy just making money who's quite a funny bloke? Or is this stuff that he actually believes in? How And, and to what level? When the audience go to see um, Jerry Sadowitz, they have entered that contract that it's an audience. In this idea, they're buying into him as a person. So both. do those ideas go across? Well, I will say, I will say, can I interrupt mm -hmm. you for a second? I will say both. Mm -hmm. As a comedian, like Jerry Sadovitz or, uh, or Andrew Tate, it's, it's funny stuff. Mm -hmm. but, but also, even if it's not funny, even if it is what he believes in, 
which I, of course, do not believe any of it, mm. is, that, uh, is that it has to be respected and shouldn't be taken off the air just because, because people don't like to hear it. If you're watching TikTok, you're not in a court of law, you're not in an Oxford lecture, you're, you're watching for entertainment. So it's the same thing, it's the same principle. A lot of it is entertainment, isn't it? It's on YouTube, it's on TikTok. It's entertainment, ultimately. Well, I just argue there'd be slightly blurred lines here. Anyway, look, that was a good debate. Let's move All on right. to the next one. Sticking with tomorrow's mail, and maybe if you're under 30, you're better off buying an avocado, Nick. Yeah, number of under 30 spending more than 30% of their salary on rent hits a five-year high, with Rotherham, Warsaw, Bolton, strangely, and London among the least affordable areas for young people to live. So four in 10 people under 30 are spending more than 30% of their pay on rent. Hmm. And I just checked mine. <laughs> I'm spending over 36% of mine, and I'm, I ain't under 30, bro. So mm. even worse but for yours me... Yours is that you have, like, a buy thing, don't you? It's like oh, a, no, but I rent. Mortgage. I you rent. rent from the government, but it's your... I own a small percentage, but I rent. Okay. Yeah, I pay rent every month, So, it, it, and it's much, much more than this. So, yeah, it, it's a big problem. I mean, and the only thing I disagreed with is that the guy said that, uh, that under 30s are paying it because they're at peak earning power. I think surely peak earning power is yeah, a little that's... later. But he does say, this is Jonathan Rowland of uh, Property Expert with House Buy Fast. He says, a chronic lack of supply, as in lack of homes on the market, which urgently needs to be addressed by ministers with imaginative and far-reaching ideas. Maybe freezing Im immigration, we could do that. In many cases... Oi, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that's imaginative. That, well, think about it. You could freeze hey, it just briefly. You need to open a TikTok account right now. <laughs> that's, not even, that's not even bad, is it? There's people of all races in this country. Just freeze well, it. I'd say house not building racist. is a big problem, but then yeah, I don't set you off. No, that's but, wrong, too, house building. But is it, is it wrong for me to agree with them? Because if it's wrong, no, then I won't agree. I won't agree. Can, right. I, can I just add one last thing yeah. that just amused me? He says, on a more optimistic note, Mr. Rowland suggested we might currently be at peak craziness and it's going to settle down by winter and spring next year. Why? Because the cost of living crisis, people won't be able to afford as much rent and landlords will clock on. So the good news is you'll be so poor, you can't <laughs> afford your rent and landlords will have to do something. Can I, can I just yeah, yeah. say 30% is not really that much. I think in New York it's like 50% and in places in America. So yeah, I don't think which 30... is where you moved from, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, <laughs> it's a bit cheaper here. But the, but the problem is, is you know how to, you know how to, to lower people's rent. What? Is just have people move in together. So get married. Get married. But obviously, huh. people don't want to get married nowadays for, for reasons which are quite extreme. If they follow you on Facebook. Yeah, well, you'll see, you'll see what this There's no gain for a, a woman to get married, um, for a man to get married, and for a woman to get married, he's not going to take it. No woman would marry a guy who can't afford to pay the rent. Well, that's it. And that's the chicken and egg thing about you're saying move in and, and get married. But... As it says here, it's putting people off having children, taking further education, starting their own businesses because they can't even pay the rent. Yeah. So it is a huge problem. So, uh, so women could move in with a guy and pay half the amount of rent and, in theory, be happy. But they're not, they would not be happy living with a guy who cannot pay mm. the full amount. Well, it's it's I, knew, I knew you'd get it around to being women's fault. <laughs> it's good to hear you talking from experience. <laughs> Saturday's independent now, and due to the hosepipe ban, uh, the only grass is those grassing on their neighbours, Lewis. Yeah, this is, this is so typically British, is that uh, people have started to call 999, which is the number here for emergencies. Thank you for informing us. Uh, well, I mean, I, I know... <laughs> you're on GB News, like, it's 999, guys. Is this how all your, all your, all your gigs, is what you do in your gigs? No, hey, guys, have you heard of 999? I think you don't... It's like 911. You, you forget, Josh, that I am an international star. And the I reason do, I'm on this show no, no, is I do not because, no, no, because of my You accent. forget you're in England. That's what's happening. I, you know what? Only, only to be able to sleep at night. Because okay. I forget I'm, that I'm in England. Okay. Anyway, number one, number one, 
the, the problem, we've had problems with rain, which we always do in, in, in England. The reason we have problems with rain, because it only rains 25 inches a year of rain in the southeast of, of Britain. Did you know this? In London, 25 inches. How many inches of rain in, in um, I'll ask Nick, or maybe you will know, Josh, you'll probably know, is how many inches of rain does it normally rain in, uh, in New York? Oh, my gosh. Oh, it, oh a, good, a good 30. 30. No, 60. 48 inches. Oh. 48 inches. So it's basically twice as much rain. I, over, I always overestimate. Yeah, London's very dry. People don't realize London's very dry. I, I came from the north, from the lakes. This is dry. Anyway, the police, can I just tell yeah, my no, joke? No, My joke here. No. Okay. Here the police, because I actually wrote a joke build, for this. Build up. It builds <laughs> <Yeah>. up. News is going to do a joke, everyone. Where our numbers peak. <laughs> this is last, okay. last appearance anyway. The police, the police actually complained about people calling 911 because it took 999. them. 999. 999. Can I start again? <laughs> The NYPD complained. I'm so excited to have a joke. Yeah. <laughs> what did the feds do? <laughs> they complained. The knocks. They complained that, the, that people were wasting the police's time, that they, the police should be spent investigating funny tweets and Facebook posts. Hey, hey. good one. Okay, we got that. That was we good. Got that. That. Thanks, mate. Yeah. Hey, was it? Was it? Really no, no, it was good. 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 <clears throat> now, Nick, I no. wanted to ask you: Do you think that lockdown emboldened a certain kind of kind of nosy sticking of nosy neighbor annoying person absolutely this country is is, is interesting because it's half sort of freedom loving and sort of up yours kind of thing well we're going to do brexit because we fancy it kind of thing and then it's half curtain twitcher and i think the divide may well be class because whenever i speak to people who are sort of more in the working class though middle class they're sort of like yeah lockdown was nonsense they hate masks when i speak to people of the professional classes in crouch end and places like that in north london they're more of the curtain twitcher type. Speak to me, is that what you're telling? Well, I want to say, Josh. You were looking at me <laughs> very <laughs> intently when you were saying that. Because you and me, Josh, understand what these people are like is what I was going sure, for. Yeah. But is that correct? We're sort of divided between those two. Mm. I mean, I do feel that that division was never more apparent than during lockdown. When you had it and you had people. And I, the thing that wound me up most was, you know, I live in a flat, five kids, and we'd go out and our one hour allotted. Uh, time and then I'd see things of people on Twitter and stuff like that. people I knew with gardens going look at these people sitting on a bench I'm like well, why are you at you got a massive garden right right and right that yeah. really would want even some people very much I, I like who suddenly was saying like why are people out in the parks yeah. tanning I'm like get lost I'm not saying it's all remainers by the way I want to edit that 90% of them but Mm. I, I disagree with what you're saying. Thank you. I agree with part of it, which is that English people have an incredible sense of disrespect for authority. Mm. They mm -hmm. do. But it also comes from a place of fairness, which is if it's being the fairness is being broken, like you say, like your situation, where it's not fair that you don't can't go. Great. On to Saturday's Times. And Nick, when you go to prison, uh, does this sound like your kind of place? Thanks, Josh. Yeah, this is how... Just from, you know... Social media stuff. Yeah, well, yes, it'll be a tweet, won't it? How to re rehabilitate a prison, female staff, and an emphasis on well-being, apparently. This is HMP Doncaster, who three years ago, there were 130 incidents a month of, of self-harm mm. in a prison population of 1,100, more than twice the national average. Number of prisoners classed as a suicide risk was 60. They made some changes, and they got a fall of three quarters in these self-harm incidents, and suicide went down to risk of suicide went down to single figures. And they've cited a, a number of things, like a, a four-day week where staff work longer shifts, but they only work four days. They have these insiders who are actually inmates that wear yellow shirts, and they help out the other prisoners, and they even think they're staff because they're sort of so helpful. That seems like a decent idea. They say great, more female staff brings greater emotional intelligence, so women suddenly exist again and are different from men again. Obviously, that's banned. But um, one of the ideas I was a bit... And they had this thing of an offence-neutral policy where you don't mention what you're convicted of. Fair enough. 
The only place where it got too mm. liberal for me... <laughs> yeah, I know. Is it, when it was said, it the drag queens reading to the kids in the library? There was that. Okay. And then it said, we met... It said, sex offenders are not segregated, which is unusual. And it said, we met several as we walked around the prison with a couple of sex offenders painting the walls of a games room with their favourite Disney characters. And I literally had to turn back and check that this wasn't <laughs> The Guardian. <laughs> this is The Times. Like, yeah, yeah, the sex workers painting their Disney that's where I got. That's, that's not too good far. training. You don't want too those far. guys to be too good at sort of painting Disney. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. Weirdly, it's them, isn't it? But this is it. This is where it gets too sort of Norwegian, Sweden, sort of too liberal for me. And I go, you're saying it works, but there's something a bit like, where's the punishment element come? You know what I mean? And our problem with prisons, anyway, our prisons are over full, but we keep people in about three weeks because we can't. We've got not enough space, so we we put more. If they're, if they're lucky to be in in three weeks. Yeah, we put more people in prison than most countries, but we don't keep them in there. What we should do is punish smaller crimes properly, patrol the streets with police, try and stop things earlier, but we don't do that. So. How about uh, death penalties? You don't have to have problems with prison. Yeah. And Lewis there, giving us sorry, the solution, sorry. the ultimate solution. But I did tell a always... joke in the earlier <laughs> section. Yeah, very good. Let's finish this section with Saturday's Times. And it's apparently impossible to be both Scottish and British. Uh, it's a shame that Leo's not here. Feel like channeling him, Lewis? Yeah, because I have thought about this because my kids are half, uh, are half Scottish. And uh, the problem is, is that Scotland is a foreign country that Britain tried to pretend that you know, excuse me, England tried to pretend mm. Britain is a construct of the English people to try to get become a greater... But every country is a construct. Yes. But some, country, some contracts are just within a certain geographic area and that becomes coherent. Mm. Like Russia. Russia became the Soviet Union. Right? Now it's becoming Ukraine, is that what you're saying? Yeah. Well, it's like Ukraine said, wait, wait a second, we're not part of Russia. Right? And or like Latvia, Lithuania, they said, we're not part of Russia. Yeah. We're not part of the Soviet Union anymore. And so you, no matter how much force they use, Brisk, and anyway, the Scottish people are the most ornery group of people. If you lived basically on a rock that rained 24 hours. Oh my a gosh, day, we're, we're going about your ex wife. So, what's the yeah. story? <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Would you not mention her? Yeah, but Nick, why don't you tell us the story? I'll tell what the story is, just, <laughs> just for a novelty. Like, why let's not, do right? what the show is for yeah. a bit. This, so it's come they from, can read their own news things. But <laughs> that's, you're right, you're right, you're right. But, you know, they want some help, mate. This, this they article. Don't want to read this stuff. They want this, us to read it. For this them. article had the word concatenation. Yeah, concatenation. Have you ever used that word before? I've used it, but I'm very smart. Have you ever used that word before? Con concatenation. No. And, we, and the two of us are it's Jews. It's just a series of things linked Jews together. And, That's all it means. But, this comes from Murray Pitter. But we've never heard that. that this word. comes from Murray Pitter, <laughs> which is, by the way, the most Scottish name of all time. You know, Murray as a surname is pretty Scottish. As a first name, it's very, very Murray Scottish. Murray Pitter. Exactly. Murray Pitter. And, um, yeah, and he did the author of, uh, he's author of Scotland, the global history. Mm. And the question is, can you be Scottish anymore? Uh, can you be British or, or do you identify as Scottish? And it, yeah, it is sad that it's become this thing where, you know, the, the nationalism has become so big. But I, then again, my, why shouldn't you be able to identify? Scottish. I always thought I was English. I was always English growing up. Mm. Then sometime in the 90s, we were suddenly British. I never really bought into that. Weirdly, you're, you're proud to be Scottish or Welsh or Irish or something like that. Mm. But if you're proud to be English, you're racist. You're only allowed to be proud to be English during the women's football for some reason. So I think, why can't you have your identity and also be pro-Britain? But this is saying that that's very hard to maintain that well, position anymore. Here we are with uh, GB News pretty much put everywhere across this thing. Obviously, GB is what we're all about. <laughs> Welcome back to Headliners. I'm Josh Howie. I'm joined by Lewis Schaefer and Nick Dixon over there. We're friends. Make, make friends, make friends. <laughs> OK, back with Saturday's Mirror. And maybe you don't have to go to university <clears throat> after all, Nick. 
Yeah, thank you very much. This is former builder faked PhDs to snag top NHS chairman roles in staggering series of lies. Um, so this is John Andrews, 63, and he faked his way into several top NHS jobs, including chairman of two different trusts. And it was all made up. He's now been fined £100,000, but he already made a million off the scam, although he was in jail for two years. Mm. A lot of people have questioned whether we have too much NHS middle management and what they really do. So proof is in now that they don't really do much. Um, good thing he didn't fake being a surgeon. That is all I can say. Mm. But yeah, it's, it's a shock. I mean, he, he saw off 117 rivals for one of the roles. So he almost deserves it just for that. Um, and then there's a bit here where he, 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 they were going to confiscate his house, but he successfully appealed against it, presumably pretended to be a lawyer for that part. <laughs> well, this reminds there you me go, a little you joke. You can. You have yeah. the Leonardo Capri thing. So look, he, he basically got paid a million. He's paid back 90 6,000, it seems kind of worth it, really. But he had to work, and he had to work for to two get... Years. For two years? No, for 10, he was... Okay, for oh, 10 no, years. two years in prison plus yeah. 10 years. Okay. So, but, I mean, he had to work, and he was working at the NHS. And that sounds like a hell job to me. So he maybe deserves the money, and I'm going to tell you something. From what I can tell, he actually was competent at his job. Did you hear this? Did you get the impression he was competent? Well, yeah, he stayed, didn't he? He stayed. He got bigger and better jobs. Well, he seemed And competent. so it's rather have someone who doesn't have the qualifications who is competent than someone who has qualifications right. and is in charge of COVID policy for the country. You could say that. Can I just add one more sentence? Mm. It said here that... Um, Exeter Crown Court heard that for 10 years he had made significant progress at the hospice but had not actively done any damage. I mean... It's <laughs> <laughs> very hard to judge exactly what the outcome is meant to be there. Saturday's Guardian, let's go to the one person who actually dyes the hair grey for this story, Lewis. Yes, well, you know, you know something. I, I, it's very easy, especially with men, it's very mm. easy to, you know, to go grey. You can go grey in an instant when you stop colouring your hair and that's what happened to me. Mm. And... Uh, but she says she's been fired. There's, there's a oh, so woman. Tell the story, yeah. Okay, I'll tell the story. So there's a woman in Canada. Her name is Lisa Laflame. Laflame, Laflame. Who knows how they pronounce things Le, in Canada? Laflame. And she's on Canadian TV, which is which is the state broadcaster. So they have to they have to do things by the book. Whatever. She's been working for years. She's supposed to supposedly had a good job. It took place in Canada. No one gives a damn about Canada, especially Americans. Okay, but she. She was out for COVID and she came back. She'd let her hair go gray and she looked very attractive. 58 years old, perfect for Lewis Schaefer. And uh, younger woman. <laughs> the Me Too movement's back. Very, very, no, but she was attractive. She was, I would go you out. You know what, I thought I'd done pretty bad earlier, but it's good to see you uh, taking this step further. Well, do you know what? You know what, I wouldn't go out with her now because she doesn't have a job and I need a woman with a job. <laughs> Because I'm not doing that well. You need, your, you need your rent paid, as we discussed. You need your rent yeah. paid, 30%, 30%. Anyway, so she was fired because she supposedly let her hair go gray and she was now too old. But they never said she was too old. It was probably something Yeah, else. but her peers, her male peers, had all sort of stayed in those jobs until they're like 77 or whatever. I mean, do you right. think that society judges women harsher when they age, Nick? Well, the interesting thing, can I just interrupt Nick? Nick. No, Nick. <laughs> Nick. I'll come <laughs> go back on to then. you in a second. Okay. Right? Okay. Well, yeah, I mean, look, is it, it, is it just women? I don't know. She's, she stopped dyeing her hair during lockdown. She thinks it was because of this, because a senior executive asked who let Lisa's hair go great. We, we don't know for sure if it was because of this, but um, prob could well be. Okay. Um, I wonder, I mean, ageism is the one thing that's accepted in general. Mm. The ultra right on BBC, ultra well, they have all these comedians on there and they try and get, you know, they're obsessed with diversity. But comedians often point out the one they miss is age, and they always say, why can't club comedians like Jeff Innocent, who are very good, get on? And it's because they're old, and it's this weird thing, we won't allow older people on. Now, weirdly, in the US, 
that one tends to imagine would be more superficial, actually, they respect all the comedians. They, they let people like well, Louis, Louis C.K. Well, before the incident. Stand-up takes decades. Takes decades to get good at, so they respect these older comedians. Mm. And we don't have that here. So, yeah, I think there's a general ageism, especially on TV. I'm now worrying about dyeing my hair as we speak. Louis looks very good. I dyed we... my beard the other day. Mm -hmm. Yeah, is it faded? faded? It's faded already. Yeah. Well, we can... Louis is very lucky. He just looks great with this look. No, no, he looks like a American De Niro. Chisel. Yeah, yeah. No, I've got, the, I've got a Jeanette. I've got a Jean. The problem genes. is everything he says, but that's... Yeah. Yeah. We're working on it. Right, Saturday's Telegraph, and I guess the power of music does trump everything, Nick. Yeah, Janet Jackson hit song that's so powerful, it's crashing laptops. So Microsoft engineer Raymond Chen has said that 1989 hit Rhythm Nation crashes the hard drives of old laptops. Probably Michael wishes he'd thought of that, but that's uh, satire. Um, and um, yeah, and it turns out it contains the natural resonant frequencies uh, that, that match this old laptop. And it can even crash laptops next to you. So the music, I'm not, I don't know if it's because it's so bad it crashes them, but I think it's more of a It could be that the laptops just have great taste. What do you think, Lewis? Well, I think, yeah. I think it's, it's very funny. Natural resonant frequency. Mm. I don't think you could, you could ascribe a computer as having natural anything or a hard drive having natural anything. It's just, it's just, it's just <laughs> it's a computer, Lewis. Yeah. <laughs> That's the part saying? that annoyed you. Great. The Guardian next. And, uh, did you get my WhatsApp message about this story, Lewis? <laughs> no, I did not, because I'm, I'm barely on one. I'm, I'm a member of, like, no groups, because it's just you get interrupted constantly. Anyway, what it says is, this is The Guardian, one of these super long pieces, page after page, mm. of, of, like, ridiculous reading from The Guardian, is it says that... A lot of people are on WhatsApp. <laughs> this is like that's pretty much it, is it? Ten pages to go. WhatsApp's popular, and this is what they're using it for. Mm. You know, they're using it to meet their friends. They're using it to talk to people in the old apartment house that they used to live in. It's just, it basically, it's it's like explaining to someone from another planet mm. what WhatsApp is. Now, Nick, are you fine not being on the headliners WhatsApp group? Oh, how dare you? <laughs> how dare you? Um, I am, actually, because you get in too many groups, you end up muting them all, they're so annoying. Like, I'm in a building WhatsApp group for, for my building, it's meant to be about bin maintenance, turns into politics, like people's North London far-left politics, and someone then said they like Trump and they got banned. I'm in a five-a-side football group. Talking about yourself. Turns into left-wing politics, so all groups devolve into left-wing politics. Did, you, did someone really get banned from your thing for saying they like Trump? Do you know what happened? Uh, they said it's, it's, it's not a political group, no one's going to mention politics. While people were saying things like, this is a far-right Tory government. Did then you one, find where, is he now your best friend on the, in the one person said, sent it like a pro-Trump thing, yeah. and they said, um, you know, this isn't a political group, and they were so mean to them, they just left, they actually left in but the did end. Did you ever figure out who it was? Did you ever, like, go yeah, up to them? Yeah, I think I sent them a message and said, I'm with you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in 58B. No, I just sent them through WhatsApp, I just said, oh, I didn't agree with the way you were treated. It's terrible, because, we're, you know, people think, those people think their, their politics are just what everyone thinks. Yeah. A bit so like the next up, story we're getting on so to. So you, you set up a group. I didn't set it up. You did. You set up oh. a new group for people who run the old group yes. who might have liked Trump. Yes. Yeah, well, I have... Resentful far-right group, it's too called. Too many children, and I am on so many WhatsApp groups at their school, it just does my head in. My, I wake up in the morning, there's like 20 messages across all these different WhatsApp groups, and I just, I'm desperate to leave. Does each kid have their own Yeah, each, kid, each class has, and now I've got double WhatsApp groups because they, when they change school to secondary school, so I've still got the WhatsApp groups from primary school going on. It's hellish. I didn't even know you had children. Yeah. That's getting you back for that joke you, know you did that, on me. Did you know that I'm bald and uh, <laughs> Jewish as well? Jewish? Yeah, I thought that's you were crazy, Hindu. Right? This is from the Daily Mail, and I... Uh, I know your mum's watching this show, Nick. Would, would she agree with any of this? 
No, my mum wouldn't be as silly as this. My mum's very, very sensible. And this is from the Daily Mail. How far would you go to save the planet? Mothers reveal what they'd do if they ruled the world mm. from a one-child policy to a ban on meat and air miles cap, but some claim it's an impractical communist nightmare. Correct. Inevitably, it's on mum's net. This article made me furious. There, were, there was this woman who got on there, and she was, she was this mum, of course, and she was suggesting things like, not that mum's are bad, I'm pro-mum, but she was suggesting... Things like one biological child per person. OK, Chinese Communist Party. Mm. She said she'd hit zero, net zero targets much sooner. They're already absurdly soon and are destroying people and, and, and going to make people poor. But OK, she wants uh, to make driving really difficult, having no, scant parking. She says we've got to, things have got to move quickly now. This is an emergency. So she's bought into climate scaremongering. And she says that this she... This is Corbyn's wife. <laughs> yeah, she's going to ban meat, dairy and fish. Who wants to ban fish? I've never even heard of that. And she wants to she's ban... her allotment, yeah? She wants to ban any flight longer than four hours. And, and it says no children before 30 and no more than two, two children for families, someone else like... Which is like, our birth rates are too low anyway. So it's people... It's, it's lefty, middle-class Karens who've bought into all this climate I like nonsense. Karen. I think mm. I was... Well, we can use a different word, but I know what you mean. But look, it's... It, it's so... Women are socialists. This is the thing. I sound like Lewis Schaefer. Women are socialists, OK? Because <laughs> that, in America, they know it's with the voting patterns. Women vote left-wing. This is the problem. And you know I'm a feminist, Josh, but I have to say, this is why women shouldn't be allowed to vote. I don't think that's actually true at all. I thought it was pretty the other way around. I no, no. Men tend to be libertarian. They want free speech and guns. And women want socialism because they want to be caring. I read a big thing that actually women have got far more conservative over the last 100 years. They have, but at the end of the day, Than women inherently are collectivist yes. because they're group-oriented. They get safety in numbers. And and they care about their social group more yeah. than men do. That and is. also they want to fit in, as in Peterson would say, they're yeah. hiring agreeableness, so they want to fit in. And now we're in a left-wing sort of culture, they're going to be even more left-wing. Well, Lewis, what is your avatar on uh, Mumsnet? <laughs> <laughs> what do you, what do you, what's your call sign? <laughs> I, <laughs> uh, over from let, me, let me think about it, let me think about what it. What would it be? Elegant well, it gentleman. Would be, it would be like, I don't, I don't even know, I don't even know. I would say, I would say it's, uh, it's uh, something cool from New York. Yeah, nine one one. Probably call big, this number probably, for an emergency. Probably Biggie Smalls. <laughs> <laughs> Fine. The Guardian next, and maybe it's appropriate they're called Generation Z because they're making me fall asleep. Nice. Well, here's a story in the Guardian. Another one of these stories telling people exactly what they already know already is that young people don't want to go out. They don't drink as much, and they don't have as much fun, and they're way more cautious than uh, than than we we used to be, or even I, even you guys used to be. And you're another generation than I am. But uh, at the end, of, at the end of the day, it says it says it says that the Generation Z, whatever I guess this Z. is this group Z, sorry, claim <laughs> claim that they drink less alcohol than their parents because they feel under pressure to perform academically or more health conscious and do not want to lose control. Mm. But basically, what they're saying is, that at least the men are saying they don't want to be me tooed. I mean, your kids are your kids are about that age, aren't they? Yeah, they are. My kids they are sensible. They seem. I met them. They seem really lovely. I think they. One of them is too sensible. The other one is uh, is just right. I shouldn't say that. <laughs> I think they'll be able to guess which one's which. Good thing they don't watch. Basically, <laughs> boomers ruined the world, didn't they? They were too selfish. They destroyed the world. And then millennials were woke. And, and I'm a geriatric millennial, so I take some responsibility. And Zoomers seem to be either super based and fun, or just just absolute disasters, like the people described here. Is, that, mean, what is, is that what we? It's a Zoomer. Yeah. No, no, these ones are Zoomers. You, you're. you We don't boomer. even know what you are. You're a boomer. You're, you're probably boomer, Lewis. Or you, you know, you're the great generation. <laughs> the greatest generation. You're, you're that old. So it's it's. You know, it says, look, I'm seeing a proportionate... This is a psychotherapist. I'm seeing a proportionate increase in referrals for social anxiety, professional anxiety, general self-confidence relationship issues, because we pathologise everything. In the past, you just became a comedian. You were Lewis Schaefer. He's got yeah. all those problems, but he channels them. 
into art. I've been, I've been tested and I've got all these, all these problems. <laughs> all these problems. I think you, what it is. Mate, you didn't need to pay, spend that money on the testing. I me, me and Lewis both got 98% neuroticism in a test. That was yeah. shocking. We're both shockingly Brilliant. neurotic. Uh, this is from the Metro and Lewis. Have you ever taken a nap on stage? <sighs> Do you want or something? I fell, I, I fell asleep a couple of weeks ago here. Mm. <laughs> on air. No, I, I wasn't no, hosting. No, not, not here. At Free Speech Nation. Okay. I don't think it was nobody. I shouldn't say that, they're watching in the control. <laughs> it's the same network. Yeah. Believe it or not, everybody is watching. A Andrew's yeah. producer of this show. <laughs> I, I fell asleep for well, a second. On air or just backstage? On air. Oh on air. Wow. On wow. air. Did anyone notice? Nobody, because people, because I'm irrelevant. If I'm famous, <laughs> they wouldn't notice, but they don't notice. A Lewis Schaefer at, uh, on Twitter. I wonder Lewis what the story Schaefer. is, though. Is that, no, the story, where is the story? <laughs> yeah, no, the story is... Well, you involve trans people? You're, <laughs> well, they're transporting themselves. They are trans. Yeah. Is, that, is that this is that, that a pla pa passenger plane pilots, two of them, mm. who were driving, were flying the plane at 737,000 feet mm. from Khartoum to Addis Ababa. I actually know those places are because I'm yeah. very well educated and uh, they fell asleep in their cabin that just the two of them and they fell asleep together I guess yeah. and uh, they flew for hours minutes um, around above the airport and uh, they when the uh, when they weren't responding after a while the alarm went off and uh, they woke up and nothing happened. This is a nothing happened No, story. this is a great story. It's, I mean, pilots falling asleep, that's terrible. They, they fell asleep and still landed. That is impressive. Yeah. What disturbs me is it says... They um, did wake up to land, by the way. It should be pointed out. Yes. Yeah. The pair so were suffering from pilot fatigue, which is described as nothing new, which scared me a little bit. We were talking about Andrew Tate before. He controversially says his pilot has to be a man. My thing is they just have to be awake. That's, that's yeah. my love. Well, as I'm going on holiday tomorrow, uh, I'm not going to be going to Ethiopian Airlines. Hopefully. And also, I've got, as you've heard, yeah. five kids, and they're going to be a little <laughs> bit too noisy, so no one's getting any sleep on that flight. Yeah. Finally, from the Daily Star, and a murder on the beach was blown up out of proportion. Tell us more, Nick. That's very clever, Josh, because it concerns a sex doll. Scared beachgoers call police over murdered woman, inverted commas, a sex doll washes up on sand. It was just a sex doll. Basically, what's happened is they've got so realistic that people now want to kill them. <laughs> yeah. They're annoying them so much. They're like, can I kill this doll? And, and it's the next level. And it's a Japanese sex doll. It's washed up in Thailand. People thought it was real, but no, it was only a doll. Uh, Lewis. quite a lot of money. Is it one of yours, Lewis? How, how much was yours? <laughs> well, do you wonder something? Why would you Why would you need a silicone sex doll in Thailand? The whole point of yeah, Thailand. Yeah, can't pay your mortgage. Yeah. can't pay your rent, right? So well, you, you think you can get something even cheaper than a silicon set, from what I know about Thailand. Outrageous. Oh, Outrageous. Oh, yes. my gosh. I think you're talking about... All due about... respect for Thailand, it's probably not true. But it has a reputation for having, uh, you know... Yeah, I got it. That's why you holiday there every year, isn't it? <laughs> you know, it's the weather. It's the weather. <laughs> but I understand that, I mean, Japan is the centre of these... I mean, and with Japan's lowering birth rate, these, yeah. these sex dolls, I'm wondering if it does get to a point, because we had a story yesterday about... Um, J Japanese government is trying to make their youth drink alcohol. And part of that could be so they just unwind a little bit and maybe actually start... Loosening up. Loosening up. I mean, I'm wondering if yeah. when we get down the road where these dolls get more lifelike and whatnot, if, if actually countries maybe even start banning them because it's going to be affecting their birth rate. Well, don't kid yourself. I mean, that's they're, they're, banning, they're banning pornography. They're banning abortion, these are all things that are related to uh, birth rate because as, uh, what's his name said, as Jordan Peterson says, we're going into a, a death spiral of lower population growth. Certainly, yeah. yeah. What do you, what do you... Because very few people are having five children 
Well, I'm doing my bit. You've done, you have done your bit. Thank you. No, you're well, right. Japan were kind of ahead of the incel movement in a way. They had a movement. I can't remember the name of it. but The her herbivore. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Yeah, and they, they were all, they, there was a problem. They, they didn't have enough money to get married. They didn't see the point. Men were sort of giving up. And uh, yeah, this is a big, it's a big problem across, across a lot of countries. And there's, yeah, financial reasons we've discussed. Marriage isn't worth it anymore. Div divorce rates are very high. Yeah. There's custody issues. So yeah, men are giving up and yeah, probably getting sex well, dolls. And, it's, and what about when we get AI virtual reality porn? That's what I'm really worried about for Lewis's yeah. sake, mainly. Right. Because he won't be on the show again. <laughs> <laughs> That's happening anyway. Yeah, fine. But, but Mr. You put... Great Britain doesn't exist on GB. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Explaining what 999 is. But it's but, funny. Uh, but, <laughs> but no, we've had a few of these stories today, just today, which show, which they're all tied together, is that, uh, you know, people are not having children. They're, they're staying in their own little apartments, which is costing way more money. You know, it's, the whole thing is related to the same thing. It has to do with women. Exactly. And you've got those mums net women saying don't have children because of the climate. And yeah. that's, a, that's a misperception because Elon Musk, one of the smartest guys in the world, says we're, yeah. we're too low on children. Our birth rates are too low. We need to have more children. You've done it, Josh. I approve of it from afar. So I'm glad you've done that. <laughs> a round of applause well, when you bump into me in the supermarket, you always sort of see how haggard I am. Yeah, yeah. But children just... It's funny because I, I find this thing all the time. I even wrote an article about it. You can check it out in The Daily Skeptic. Uh, people, there's like lefties sort of in, in North London and stuff where I live. And they, I would disagree with them on everything. But they're, they're acting more conservative than me. They're doing all the right things. I'm saying the right things okay, well, while I, acting I wrong. Walk. Thanks for listening to Headliners, the podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you'll never miss an episode again. And if you enjoyed it, leave me a nice comment. Speak to you at the same time tomorrow for the paper review that's never boring. <laughs>